0: Thank you, everybody out there, for joining me with Chris Gromus for the Perspective Through Pain podcast. This is episode six. This is on YouTube. And, hey, we're going to encourage, train, and inspire you. This is something to give you courage and to not only do what's good, but to even strive for what's best. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thank you very much. How you doing?
0: Doing good, man. I just wanted to say it's such an honor to have you on the show. You've always been uh, a really awesome person to me. Chris and me have been friends for about, what, 12 years now?
1: Yep, 12 years. Almost almost 13, I think.
0: Yeah, I think we met around 2007 with Camfell Productions.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way neat. back then.
0: But, man, yeah, ever since then, and maybe even while we were there, uh you had some things stir uh, military and you've always appreciated the military. Can you tell me kind of what brought upon the David sword ministries? Uh, you're the founder of David sword ministries um, and, and what kind of brought upon your heart to help out the military in that way?
1: Oh man. So it's actually kind of a funny story how it happened. Um, what, <laughs> so my family, a lot of my family's military, um, my one of my grandpas uh, was a POW in World War II. He died trying to escape a Nazi prison camp. Um, and my other grandpa was also in World War II. He was uh, on a, a dry dock kind of thing in the middle of the Pacific, uh, working on ships. So growing up, I was always hearing about these stories. And then my brothers and sisters all like a lot of them joined the military. So it was kind of like this thing that was always around. And then I was sitting in a conference one day. And it was the weirdest thing, like a, a, it was a video that was being played and this guy was walking and he stepped in a puddle. He stepped in a puddle and walked through and all of a sudden, like everything just flooded like my head. It, it was like this image. And it was just, I don't, it had nothing to do with the military too. It was the funniest thing. Nothing to do with the military. It was just a random dude walking. They concentrated the shot on him stepping in a puddle. And that's what gave birth to uh, Davis Sword Ministries. It was just everything flooded into my head. Like God was basically saying, here, this is what I want you to do. Um, and since that moment, I've been trying. I mean, there's a little bit of struggles, but we tried to trying to build up a ministry that can um, really much just support the, the faith of our military guys that are deployed. And now we're working on some stuff to do with veterans and uh, veteran suicide and stuff like that. So that's kind of how it gave birth to us. Yeah. Random guy walking through a puddle. <laughs> man,
0: that is so cool. I'm so glad for you putting that out there for uh, the military. That takes a lot of courage to start something new. So that's amazing. Hey, oh, man, I love let's, it. Just, let's just jump right in. Um, you've been very you know, open about uh, mental health and with, uh, in your own journey. Uh, I actually oh, have yeah. a brother who, uh, he's been into some, he's had a struggle with mental health. I know I sure have. Uh, I was, whenever I was in, in high school, I was diagnosed with depression. Uh, and then, you know, I've been able to manage that a lot with exercise and nutrition. We'll get into that too. Oh, I'm yeah. so excited to talk to you about those things too. Yeah. Uh, cause you're doing a lot in that, that realm. But, uh, so oh, about the David Sword ministries though, uh, you mentioned also the suicide rate among the uh military so can you tell me a little bit about that and why that's special to to you right now
1: yeah sorry i'm getting all of a sudden people are messaging me and then i forgot to turn it off so yeah um mental health in the military i oh my gosh yeah sorry <laughs> you are fine um all right, so yeah with the military like we there's a huge epidemic right now of veteran suicides. Right now there is about 22 a day on average. Um which is completely to me just um just horrible. Like it, it's such a tragedy that we have these guys and these and these men and women that come back from overseas from defending their country um you know sacrificing so much and then just to just to fall into just dep- this deep depression caused by PTSD and just and just, like, take their own life. They feel like that's the only way out. Um, honestly, it's just, it's a horrible situation. And, um, and there's a lot of great organizations out there trying to help, like, curb this. But in my opinion, the more, the more, the more the merrier in this. So if there's anything that anybody can do to help curb this epidemic right now in our veterans. Yeah. It's like, let's do it. Like you know, there's a lot of people are like, Oh, there's already organizations that deal with this. Well, yeah. But when you're dealing with 22 a day, that's across the entire country. Like there there's room for a lot. (laughs) So trying to figure out how to, how, what is the best way to help our men and women that, that have served and sacrificed so much? And what can we do to do that? Because I mean, most people like, you know, and like, I know a lot of people out there probably know, but there's a lot of people that don't understand depression and what it does. And like, kind of like the hole you fall into and the hole you can't get out of. Um, I know there's some people out there that and it's not their fault. that just don't understand it. You know, um, they, they, they just never dealt with it. And so it's hard for them to understand. Like it's, it's not something one day you can just be like, Oh, Hey, um, I, I'm not depressed anymore or yeah. i'm not it's not just it's not just being sad it's it's an over- overwhelming feeling of just gloom and just worthless all this stuff so it's 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 a huge epidemic right now i mean it's in our own nation, but even more so in in veterans right now where you know they've they've seen a lot and there's not a whole lot that they can do to curb this,
0: you know yeah chris, you said in our nation. It's, it's a big thing right now. <clears throat> and I mean, you and me, we know that, that God's got everything in control and, he, and he's even got a plan for everything, even though we see oh, yeah. this sickness going on with the COVID. But can you kind of tell me, uh, what are, what are some of your concerns, uh, about say depression with social isolation now, the quarantining oh, man. and, uh, how, how do you think you would, uh,
1: you know, address that or encourage people? Oh man. Yeah. So, so what we've been doing like with DS ministries is we've been on social media and YouTube and podcasts and everything, encouraging people to go out and, and, um, seek out people just like their friends and their family, their contacts, like reach out to at least three to five a day, make sure that they're doing okay. Um, because as depression, like with depression, you're told not to isolate, you're told to be in groups of people, you're told to be around people. But in this time of COVID, you're told not to do those things, which are the things that you need to do to help your depression and seek all that stuff. Um, I read a report um, the other day, it was like, I live in Tennessee. Right now, I think we have like 200 and something COVID deaths, but I heard the other day that we actually have way more suicide right now than we do COVID. COVID uh, deaths oh my uh, during this isolation. So I don't, I, I've been trying to find that article again, but I also can tell you right now was um, a study in Massachusetts a couple like this is a couple weeks ago. So I know, or I think it was about a month ago. So this has actually been like probably happened more, but just in the state of Massachusetts, they've been seeing um, suicide hotline calls uh, go through the roof right now. Uh, or about a month ago. So I know um, since the isolation started. Mm. So we see that there's a mental aspect to this. That's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. So like I said, what we've been doing is we've been trying to encourage people to contact people yeah, to, to seek those people out in this iso- oh, social isolation. And to be perfectly honest, if you're young and healthy and you're feeling like you are, at that, at that point where they're, you're almost at that tipping edge, I would say, you know what, skip, skip, like <laughs> staying in your house, get out and call a friend and, and say, Hey, can we talk? And, you know, you can still keep isol- uh, social distancing, but I mean, if it comes down to a chance of getting the coronavirus or you are going to commit suicide, I would say, take the chance of getting coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, one is a definite, a definite, like I am going to do this. The other is a, you know, I might get sick yeah. and there, I mean, and a very slim chance that you might get even sicker to the point you don't have to be hospitalized, but I would, you know, it's the lesser of two evils. Mm. Hey, Chris,
0: uh, we're going to get into yeah. definitely your fitness journey. Cause you have an amazing fitness journey, but what can exercise physical fitness and nutrition do for mental health?
1: oh man it's huge for mental health um so you know when you work out you build endorphins which can you know help lighten your mood but there's also this sense of uh, accomplishment and uh and it's weird. like a lot of people like when you're overweight or you're not where you want to be or with your goals you sit on your butt you're just prolonging the thing that you see in your head like it's like oh hey I want to, you know, I want to lose 10 pounds before summer so I could, you know, go have fun and you know, play basketball or do whatever else and not be winded. But every single day you sit on the couch or do something and you're not working towards that goal, you're now putting it off and you're feeling that and it's just adding to everything else. So working out, like I said, builds endorphins. You're able to get out and have fun and you're doing something and you're keeping also right now in social isolation, you're, you're, are keeping yourself busy on top of it so like you are doing something that is not you know you're not restricted for hmm. uh nutrition is huge um i don't know if i told you this i i've gone almost pretty much vegan what um, get out
0: of here yeah
1: um i think there's like two things that are not <laughs> vegan in my diet it's egg whites and uh whey protein so you haven't eaten meat. In- wait, wait hold up you haven't eaten meat in how long so i eat meat once a week okay um just because i want to keep up my tolerance because there's certain situations where i don't have control over my food so i i and you know it's not every week i think it's like once maybe twice a month i'll eat meat um but it's october i think october of last year um i made the switch to and then probably for the first two and a half months with the exception of two meals from October to Janu- mid January, I ate no meat whatsoever. Oh my gosh! You yeah, you know that I oh. was a
0: vegetarian for seven years. Well, whenever I was traveling. Oh there, yeah. So. so it was, oh yeah, definitely.
1: It's, i you know what? It's crazy. I feel amazing. Um, I and you talk about like what can, um, nutrition do for mental health? It's nutrition. If you keep putting in junk, you're gonna feel like you're gonna physically feel horrible, right. and if you physically feel horrible, it weighs on your, on your mind. So if you put in good stuff that you're able to, you know, you're able to perform better as, as like physically, like you're, you can get up faster. You can walk around better. You can go have fun. You can play with your kids, all that stuff. If you can do that and you feel good, it it lifts up your mind. Like you don't feel as, as bogged down. Mm. So, I, I mean, I watched the, the documentary Game Changers. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, it, it opened my eyes to a lot of stuff. So I started doing research. And I said, you know what? I am almost 40. I need to be able to perform better. So I'm like, let, I looked at my wife. I'm like, let's, she already turned vegan. i hmm. was uh, pretty close. And um, she's, I looked at her, I'm, like, I'm I'm down. Let's do mm-hmm. it. Hmm. And I mean... Honestly, I don't want to go back to the way I was. Eating. I mean, I was not eating bad. I was eating very clean. I was eating egg whites and chicken most of the, mostly mm-hmm. um and like beef uh beef at least once or twice a week and all that stuff, but I cut out everything. Yeah, dude, you and me so. are
0: fitness and nutrition nerds, man. Uh oh, and yeah. you got a religion degree coming up to uh graduate well you already have one Uh, but you got the mdiv master of divinity in december Uh, oh yeah so do you have do you have uh have you started on the nutrition degree and can you kind of tell me a little bit about oh yeah
1: so yeah definitely um i started so i've been really much into nutrition for a long time um i could like I knew a lot about it. I've been studying a lot. And then, um, I had to re up my, my personal training certification that I keep, um, I keep. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to get nutrition certified. Um, because I'm like, I've already, uh, I've already taken a lot of classes. I was working on an associate's degree for a while before I went back to school for, uh, religion yeah. and nutrition. So, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm like, let's just get certified now. And I'm a couple weeks in um, and I love every minute of it because it's just, it's just more information to be able to make better informed decisions mm. on what to put not only in my body, but where I can help my uh, clients and my friends and family, which I don't have clients right now, but, um, but everybody that I, I work with, I can help them out with, what to put into their body to help them perform better? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So that's awesome, man. Uh, all
0: right, so let's let's transition to your your fitness exercise journey. Hey, man, take me back to I guess it was about three years ago or so, whenever bodybuilding.com chose you to be an ambassador for them. Right. So, can you kind of tell oh, me yeah. what what your journey was like, what it was, how you got set <laughs> up, and all that with your oh
1: condition. yeah. So it was, yeah, it was, um, so bodybuilding.com three or four years ago. I can't remember, but they, they asked me to be an ambassador and then they transitioned to called TeamBodybuilding.com where they had a bunch of us. Um, but leading up to that, um, when I was traveling with you 12 years ago, I was approximately, I think it was like 240, 250 pounds, but I had no muscle. So, it's funny, I was probably around I'm I'm actually not far off weight wise right now from where I was in Campbell. Mm. But um my body fat is like dramatically lower. Yeah. Um so like then I think my body fat was upwards of like thirty thirty percent. Like I was I was in the almost I was like borderline obese, I think at the point at that point, if not. And then when me and Karen got married Um, I went up to almost 300 pounds and I want to say almost 40% body fat. Yeah. Um, I was pretty, I was pretty high up there. I I don't remember exactly where my body fat was. I didn't really know. I did one of those body fat calipers and one time would say 38. Another time would say like 42. So I think I was trying to fudge the numbers a little bit, Hmm. (laughs) like make it look better than it was. Um, I kind of regret that now because I'm like, I really want to know where it was. Hmm. Um, but so I started this and like I remember um there's a couple things that happened is like I was trying to walk down the street, just walk, and I was talking on the phone with somebody and I was running out of breath. Like where I almost where I had to stop to catch my breath from walking and talking on the phone. Yeah. Um so I wasn't doing too well and I was getting ready to go to summer camp with the youth group um, to be a counselor. And I remember going to the doctor pretty close before that. And they said, Hey, you know what? Here's the deal. You got six months to lose weight. In six months when you come back, if you have it, I have to start you on medication because you're not healthy. And then she saw, then the doctor told me something. She said, you have kids. Do you want to be around for them? Mm, mm. She goes because the way you're going, you will not. So it was like pretty much like a death sentence at the moment. It was like, hey, if I don't lose weight, I'm going to die. <laughs> um. So I I went to summer camp. Um. Got home. I ate whatever I wanted there. Nothing really changed yet. Got home. I remember weighing myself. I was 287 pounds. Oh, mm. And I said, okay, it's time. Mm -hmm. And I got a gym membership. Um, I lost 30 pounds. Uh, Then I did a bodybuilding.com transformation contest. I mean, I kind of fluctuated for a long time. I just said, I lost about 30 pounds, and I kept going between 240 and 260 for about a good six months. Um, Then there was a bodybuilding.com transformation challenge, and I went from about 247 – to 187. Wow. Is that in that 3 months? Oh my gosh.
0: So you're talking forty seven to 187. What is that 60 plus about? pounds. 60 I guess. Yeah, 60 pounds
1: in 3 months. Yeah. So you're looking at every month 20, 20 pounds, about 20 pounds. Yeah, which I mean, it was I mean, the strictest diet ever. Like, I mean, nothing bad came into my body. <laughs> And I was working about three to four hours a day. So, wait, were you eating kale and, uh, you know, a leek (laughs) and bok No, I was, like, at that point, I was eating nothing but broccoli, chicken, half a serving of rice, egg whites, (laughs) and, and, like, I had, like, three protein shakes a day. Oh, so my buddy, uh, he just,
0: he, he runs a mechanic shop about, I don't know, the town from here, like, five miles from here. And he he's big into bodybuilding. <clears throat> and his trainer was having to eat chicken breasts every day, a little bit of rice. But he would get 200 grams of protein a day. Oh, yeah. uh, so I'm not used to getting anywhere close to that.
1: Is that like what, what were you shooting for as far as protein? So I could tell you where my macros were exactly. Protein, I was at 200, between 200 and 210 a day. Um, I was at 105 grams of carbs and 42 grams of fat every single day, mm. except for a, my cheat days, my cheat days, which I still didn't eat bad. I'd have 150 carbs and about 50 grams of uh, fat. But, and then after my cheat day, I'd have a strict day where I'd have like 75 carbs yeah, and like 30 grams of fat. Like it, it was, I fluctuated it so much trying to play that but i mean it was it was very difficult so, so during this
0: time funny. did uh did karen just say stay in the other room the whole time or, like what how no. did it change, change your uh relationship with karen if they...
1: oh it didn't um i think she was excited okay. she was excited because she knew I, I was i was going um the yeah. last like week and a half of the transformation i got i i cut my carbs down to like 50 a day and I mean that was the point where I was like a jerk. So I was I was mean. I was I would get yeah, like I had the shortest temper. Like I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything wrong or immoral. But I just had a, I had a short temper. Mm-hmm. Kids would do something. I'm like, stop it. You know, like, <laughs> ah. And then, but I mean when I weighed in and I could see my ass yeah. And I was just like, I haven't never seen him yeah. like that in my life. I was like, that. I mean, it made everything worth That's it. Up, dude. So it was awesome, and it was kind of cool that the whole journey and the story got picked up. Bodybuilding.com interviewed me um, up in Idaho about it, and um, it got played on their on their YouTube channel on their website. So they wrote a whole article. It was, it was like, it was like this weird this weird moment, like it was being super overweight and unhealthy, to being featured in an article. Um, from bodybuilding.com was like huge for me I was just like this is awesome yeah
0: yeah I saw that man I was so so proud of you at that point
1: oh thanks man it was amazing it was it was it was fun it was fun up until the last week yeah but it was yeah you know and like it was forever it was forever life changing so like y'all do actually play with my kids and run around and it's like now I can I can go running and not be like dead. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm.
0: That's something that like you came into it in a, in a similar vein as what I did. Cause, cause it, it scared you basically into, Hey, I might not see my kids, you know, 30 years from now. Uh, so yeah. One of, one of my grandpa was probably 10 years older than I am now. I'm 39 now. He had, you know, heart attack, he had two, two or three heart attacks in his life and oh, he was man. he was overweight, um, a lot of that uh, and and he struggled with breathing because of that and he was probably about 50 pounds overweight for the, all the time I knew him. And that helped, that struggled with his breathing and he couldn't do some things with with us. so yeah so that's that's kind oh, of scared man. me into it. And that's why I was you know vegetarian for seven years. And it's, it's something that it, it makes you really wake up sometimes and <clears throat> see that.
1: Oh yeah. So yeah, man. Well, I think it's funny. It's like a lot of guys like in the fit, like a lot of guys in the fitness community, a lot of people just period have like a really bad outlook of what, what vegetarians and vegans are really like. Um, and I mean, some of it is because of what people have seen. Like I remember we have a vegan restaurant. It's my favorite one in in, here in Knoxville and it's super good. But it, it, and like a lot of people like you have the menly men, you know, like the guys are like, Oh yeah. Meat, protein, all this stuff. Like the, like they kind of fit into that meathead stereotype, Uh like kind of like push this agenda, like this thought process against like vegans and, and and, uh, vegetarians like, Oh man, like they're all like just whatever and i remember walking in there and there's such a mix of people in this restaurant you have the people that kind of fit the stereotypical vegan but then you have these other guys there in the back one guy he has like this crazy beard and this crazy hair it's like oh hey hmm. it's cool yeah but but the vegans and vegetarians like they're they're completely now like different than that stereotype and i think a lot of people were scared because of the stereotype like i don't want to be you know associate like i don't want to have like this negative thing it's like no like I think it's half the Tennessee Titans are (laughs) vegan and it's like, um, so it's like, they don't fit with that anymore. it's like this kind of a, a thing where people are starting to understand like nutrition and understand like the value of eating more of a plant-based, you know, diet versus a, um, a meat-based, which is crazy because right now we're having meat shortages. Dude,
0: I never thought of that, man. That is such a good point.
1: Yeah. And so me and my wife were like, we're watching TV. And they're like, me, sorry. And I'm like, I was like, I looked at him like, you know how much this affects us? And she's like, none. I'm like, exactly. Yes, so I was like. Oh, man. Yeah,
0: you say the, the Tennessee I mean, Titans. And, that, and uh, Tony Gonzalez, who was one of the best, clearly best tight ends ever, probably one of the top three best tight ends of all time for the Kansas City Chiefs. He was vegan for a time. Uh, He may still be vegan, but he leaned down to, you know, he's 6'4", 6'5". He got down to about 220. And then uh, Gronkowski, too, probably the best tight end ever. He's he's going down to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now. He, uh, I believe, he leaned out big time after he retired uh, a couple years ago. And I believe he he went vegan,
1: too. Oh yeah, and like you have like uh, I follow I follow a lot of UFC. Yes. And, like you have like Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz is like crazy wow. vegan, and uh, he's, you know, he he's like, I mean, I don't like his attitude too much, but I mean, the guy's a a brawler, and he is like he fits that. I mean, he he performs great. I mean, he outperformed, and when he fought Conor McGregor uh-huh. the first time, like he out he outperformed him. The entire time, and they're like, <laughs> McGregor was making fun of him. You know, it's like, "Hi, I ate two steaks before the fight," and like he's like, "I mm-hmm. ate none." And after the fight, McGregor's like, "Yeah, maybe that wasn't such a good idea." Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we talk
0: about transformation
1: through through nutrition,
0: through exercise. Uh, real quick, nutrition or exercise, which one's more important? If you had to choose one, Chris. What would
1: you choose to help you mentally, physically? Oh yeah, so Mm -hmm. I would say honestly it's it's funny because there's a there's a saying, it's abs are made in the kitchen. Um nutrition is about 90% of fitness. Um I would say nutrition is probably one of the more important things. I mean you have to move around and exercise to be able to get your blood flow and, and you know build up the endorphins in your system and everything else. But it's worthless if your nutrition is not on point. So we're as like working out, is like most people, it's a half hour to two hours. Nutrition is 24 yeah. hours yeah. a day. So I would say almost like nutrition is more important because if you're not eating well, like you're not going to perform well, you're not going to feel well. If you're sitting around eating Doritos all day, like you are going to have a ton of fat being put into your body that's gonna bog you down and weigh you down and not make you feel very well. Whereas if you're eating, you know, healthy, you're eating your vegetables, I mean clean meats and stuff like that, like you're gonna feel you're gonna feel much better. I mean, on days where I can't train my nutrition I still eat fine, I still feel great. Yeah, I eat still really good. So I feel great at the end of the workout and I'm not at the end of the workout at the end of the day, even if I don't work out.
0: Thank you for listening in to the perspective through pain podcast. Be sure to check out part number two coming up in the future where I continue this conversation with Chris Grumus.